Welcome to the Ogletree Deacons podcast, a brief discussion of compelling legal issues and practical insights. Please note that the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor should it be construed as legal advice. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. Please enjoy the program. Hello, my name is Hera Arsen. We are coming to you live today from Ogletree Deacons National Seminar Workplace Strategies here in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. I am here today with Scott Kelly, who is a shareholder in our Birmingham office and co-chair of the AAOFCCP practice group for the firm. And Scott, you just got finished giving our headline news report to the audience, telling us about some of the latest developments at the OFCCP. So let me ask you, with all these new aggressive developments coming out of OFCCP, what do you think needs to be top of mind for contractors that have AAP obligations? Thanks, Hera. There are a lot of things that contractors need to be thinking of. Top of mind, that's a really hard question. I think right now with the deadline to certify compliance in the OSCCP portal looming, that's June 30th, you know, getting your AAPs prepared and having them maintained um, so you can certify in that portal. I mean, there are criminal implications if you certify falsely in that portal. So I would say making sure that you focus your efforts to try to get your AAPs prepared and ready um, would be one thing to do as soon as you can. So after the portal, I, I think that the directives that OSCCP's issued in March of this year, there's the comp directive, um, and then there's also a directive on OSCCP's philosophy, essentially, and how they're going to approach compliance evaluations or audits. I think those are sending both real clear signals that OSCCP compliance and AAP compliance is going to be a, a, a heavier lift than we've seen in quite a while. Um, OFCCP is not just going to be satisfied that you've done your affirmative action programs, that you've analyzed your personnel activity, that you've looked at compensation. The comp directive has made it clear that the attorney-client privilege and the work product doctrine are no longer going to be able to be used as shields against whatever you're doing in the compensation space related to regulatory compliance. You're going to have to identify problem areas. OFCCP in an audit says that they're going to ask you to produce that analysis, that they're going to expect you to be able to identify what the problem areas were, what you did to address them, the communications that you had with senior management about what you did to remedy those problems. Or, of course, if you find that the problems that maybe an analysis might have identified turned out to not be problems, that's that's something that they're gonna to wanna to see documentation and proof that you've done. That's gonna be on top of doing the same thing as regards to if you've identified hiring disparities or disparities in your termination or your promotion activity. We're seeing a real big increase in compliance with the identification of problem areas and the requirement to self-audit that are also found in a a regulation that is um, there for federal contractors. So they're going to be looking for, you know, if something's not working for you, you need to be able to have documentation to address that, Um, especially if it's, it could be something as 
simple seemingly as your outreach efforts and different referral sources that you're using and if you're not getting good candidates from those referral sources or good responses from them you know what are you doing to pivot to make sure that you're going to hopefully increase referral um, or, or, or interest from other groups so there's there's tons going on I think that the the days of being able to prepare AAPs and kind of put them on the shelf and not worry about what might happen if you did that or are really kind of behind us. Um, so I, I think all in all, if you have these obligations, I would think that you might want to consider your strategies and your risk tolerance of how you're going to approach them and what you're planning to do to meet these obligations. And that might involve a you know a reevaluation of the the way you organize your aaps or potentially a reorganization and or, or identification of potential headcount within your organization to help you meet these obligations um, there also could be you know the need for more budgetary money um, to spend time delving in and documenting um, all of the things that seem to be necessary to to withstand osccp scrutiny if they do come knocking so given the changes at the agency and any of the new directives that have come out, have you seen any shift in the way OFCCP is approaching compliance evaluations? Absolutely. You know, even though it's been about six weeks since the comp directive has come out, we are seeing OFCCP asking for copies of pay equity analysis that have been done. Um, they're coming to us in different ways, different questions, sometimes in audits that have been pending two and three and four years um, where we've already answered questions, um, similar questions. Um, we're also seeing, you know, an insistence on quick turnaround times um, when they're asking for responses to requests for information. Um, they're, you know, when you say, hey, well, I'm going to be on vacation or I'm out of the office traveling this week on business, I can't meet your deadline of this Friday. You know, a lot of times what you're you're getting is, well, there's other people that are working in your firm that can help or there's other people if in instances where our clients are representing themselves directly with the agency with some of our help. Um, you know, we're, we're anecdotally hearing that OSCCP saying, well, there's, aren't there more people that are in the compliance function that can help respond to these questions? And as we all know, sometimes there just aren't those other people that can help or they all have other demands on them besides running down another year's worth of compensation data or whatever the request may be. Thanks, Scott. Let me ask you about the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission a little bit. Are you seeing that there is more coordination between OFCCP and EEOC, and what kind of coordination are we looking at? I, I have seen that, um, and there's been even, you know, a lot of coordination publicly between EEOC and OFCCP. I think mm -hmm. that Chair Burroughs and Director Yang, you know, they've worked together before, both at the EEOC. Um, they have a higher initiative where they're spending, they're doing roundtables, bringing in different speakers for these webinars. Um, I think they've held two so far this year. Um, one, the most recent and a few weeks ago focused in on the, the gap that people may experience in the workforce due to a whole host of issues, whether it's from being incarcerated or caring for family members, be it children or, or elderly parents or what have you. 
um, and how employers should interact with the people in the population that may have those gaps on their resume or in their employment history. Um, they've been working a lot to address um, how you can reach equi diversity, equity, inclusion type um, initiatives and, you know, what makes sense to set and, and how important it all is for the workers um, in the U.S. for companies to embrace the ideals of being diverse and inclusive and equitable as well. Um, so there's a lot of emphasis on that. I would say that I think that given Director Yang's um, interest and also the EEOC's interest in artificial intelligence in the use of you know, the selection process for like hiring employees, that's going to be another area that I think both the EEOC and OSCCP are just waiting to um, find the right opportunity to investigate. There's a lot of EEO concerns with artificial intelligence. It's, it's very similar to what we've seen before when the agency is focused heavily on testing and testing vendors, selling a product to employers, you know, promising that it's going to allow them to get through a large group of um, applicants faster, job seekers faster, um, but there's certain risks associated with doing that. Not to say that there are not great tools out there that can help you comply with the obligations, but I do think that that's an area of interest for, for both OSCCP and EEOC. And I do think, you know, one thing that we're hearing a lot from OFCCP and, and EEOC as well is just a, a bit of a suspicion over some of the tried and true things that employers have been relying upon for years, such as the job relatedness of the qualifications that they're putting in their job ads or their job descriptions and really challenging, you know, is a college degree in fact required to do a particular position? And by having such a requirement in your job description or your ad, are you screening out candidates that would be qualified for the role and then could perform in the role, but um, because of this kind of artificial, unrelated job requirement, it could have a potential disparate impact on certain populations. That is going to really ratchet up the compliance um, thresholds and, and the amount of work that employers are going to need to to be investing in to ensure that all of their practices and processes are being consistently followed and in place. But really, that's almost a bedrock of everything. Um, and as a federal contractor, subject to the OFCCP regulations, you do have an obligation to to make sure that you're evaluating at least periodically the mental and physical limitate or qualifications of a role. Um, and so, you know, determining whether something is job related seems to, to go hand in hand with that. So I don't know that this is necessarily would be a new requirement that they're imposing on federal contractors, but maybe not one that many employers have been paying tons of attention to as of late. Interesting. Well, thank you, Scott, for sharing your insights on the recent developments at OFCCP. We really appreciate that. And thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Ogletree Deacons podcast. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or through your favorite podcast service. Please consider rating and reviewing so that we may continue to provide the content that covers your needs. And remember, the information in this podcast is for informational purposes only 
and is not to be construed as legal advice.